This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. It's like got a jean cover. A smart. I got it from Nordstrom Rack, and it's like a <laughs> denim cover. It's like wait, this is this is podcast gold. Oh, is this? What okay. are we doing? <laughs> oh, is this? <laughs> is it though? There's no better place to talk about a denim <coughs> iPhone charger cover, cord cover than on a murder podcast. Georgia's bragging that she not only has a really long uh, iPhone charger cord, but that it's covered in denim. It's got like a denim sleeve. So it's like a really long light blue snake? Yes. Thin, like a garden snake. Gross. We've talked about snakes like three times in the past. They're very sexual. (laughs) Gross. Mom. Welcome. Hey, welcome. To my favorite murder. The podcast where we talk about denim and snakes welcome uh right let's fucking let we have so many things to discuss announce and talk about yeah that we can't even get into our usual zip zap zop bullshit that we do Mm-mm. at the top because this is one of the ones that we've been saying to you guys we can't wait to tell you this thing when we tell you we promise it'll be worth it this yeah. is the reason we're always tired <laughs> this is the reason we're always complaining vaguely about something and putting up a live episode and uh <sighs> and you know maybe fighting <laughs> maybe there's been light fighting i think i've this is one of the main reasons i started going gray this past year <laughs> Is because we wrote a book, we everybody. We wrote a book! And we wrote it for you. Oh, my God. it's coming out June of 2019. May of 2019. I said May of 2019. May 11th, my birthday? Oh, I don't know. Probably not. But it's called, it's called, you're not going to believe this title. It's this called. This is nuts. Listen. It's called. Write this down. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. That's right. It's, that's what it's called. It's, we, here's my advice to people who want to write a book. Write half of the book and have someone else write the other half. <laughs> it's a lot easier. We did this book like we do the podcast. Yeah. Um, and it was great. And also, it's not, I don't think it's people, it's what people might think it is. Um, it kind of, it's kind of what we didn't, it's not what we thought it was going no. to be. It turned into its own beast, which is actually kind of cool. It's, it's essentially like a memoir of all the fucked up stories we've lightly told you about on the podcast before <laughs> we're like hey remember that one time you lit the bed on fire and that one time i went to rehab and like you, you know all these like really really personal fucking stories interspliced with true crime things that are related to it that we're interested in yeah and uh it's just really really personal and we both had to have a lot of emergency therapy sessions yeah there was it, crying for sure it turns out when you 
have to revisit all these awful, like, um, <laughs> what are they called? Story, stories of... Experiences? Yeah, but like warning other people. Cautionary tales? Oh, right. That we are trying to impart on the, like, 20-somethings who yes. listen to the podcast. It dredges some shit up it, inside. When when your amazing editor, Allie, is like, um, hey, but what did it smell like and sound and taste like? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I don't want to go back there. Yeah, I don't. The, you start to realize, oh, the reason that I procrastinate is not because I'm a bad person right. or all those things that I like to tell myself. It's like, oh, you don't want to sit there and think about your dead mom that much. Right. But you do it. But you gotta. You do it for the book. You got and so, it. And we wrote a fucking book about it. And <clears> honestly, <throat> I did get through some sh- like crazy shit. I know. We really, it. we put it on the page, people. So, yeah. Um, you know, you guys, you know, there was a pre-announcement that, and you guys, the reaction and response of course was amazing because you guys are amazing and uh, that sounds so phony but uh it, we were very blown away yesterday is for us chronologically is when it happened yesterday and, um, i was thinking about how this is just another in the series of the past two and a half years that's like it's like a montage set to eye of the tiger of our <laughs> lives where we just keep tripping upwards it's very odd it's just another one of those like seriously that that this is fucking happening <laughs> like it, it's insane so it's on pre-sale all over the place where you buy books mm-hmm. amazon oh steven's handing a thing to you oh, oh, oh the release thank date you so much Thanks, may Steven. 28th i wasn't totally wrong <laughs> between our two birthdays <laughs> that's right they actually decided may 28th 2019 is when this book is available but you can pre-order it now and that actually really helps us out if you're gonna buy it anyways and pre-order it because it makes it a big splash sure. or whatever the fuck. Which it's already done. I mean, yeah. It's just an incredible... I just have always wanted to write a book and I didn't ever think I was going to. Yeah, same here. And I'm I'm thrilled. We're both genuinely excited, which is very scary. <laughs> so thank you for being there for us. Uh, we are very excited and uh, God bless fucking America. Now, <laughs> almost maybe more important. It's the yoga bulletin. Yes. It's this week's yoga bulletin. Let's say on this, at this count of three, the answer of whether or not you and I, as we promised last week, would go to one yoga class on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes. yes. We yes. both did it. Yes. In fact, Georgia, did you do it the very fucking next day? Yeah. And it seems like I was showing off. Like I know it's like a show offy <laughs> thing. It was all coincidence. To go to yoga. I was even, because I sent you a photo, like, <laughs> after the class, I took a photo in front of the sign I was like, I went and I was like, mm-hmm. maybe I should save this for a couple days so it doesn't seem like I went the next day and I'm seem like I'm showing her that I did it first. <laughs> no, I loved it because it meant you were fucking serious. You know, we've done a lot of things. Let's say, um, you know, the My Sweet Audrina book club. Right. We start, where we, we start to start shit. And then we're just like, Ugh. but now we can actually say the reason we couldn't do the My Sweet Audrina That's book right. club is we were fucking writing that book. So it's not like we can sit around and be like, here, I'm going to type up my thoughts on this. It's like uh, we always had. When we were in the fucking European tour we weren't done with the book yet and we had just found out before we left the European that we had an extra week which was like we were both ready to fucking jump off bridges it was so stressful when we were on the Australian tour we were supposed to be getting the book done and we were not and it was very difficult you guys it's been we've birthed a baby (laughs) of paper and words and I'm not yeah it's it's scary it's big and scary and there's a lot of there's a lot of blood and sweat on the paper and you can't guilt them into liking it (laughs) 
Um, and also, we're in the yoga bulletin. Let's right, not go yoga. backwards. So it was it was an accident. The next day, uh, on a Thursday, I had therapy at one, and I was like, I'm just going to check the, my my favorite yoga studio down the street from my, my therapist. Favorite yoga, and it was like. It was like 45 minutes after my therapy was over. This class was going to start by this teacher I really like. And my favorite, it just all lined up because also, like, I have so many parameters of, like, whether or not I'm going to go. Like, what time is it? Because the parking lot's going to be busy. And so I'm just not going to go, you know? Yeah. So we went. Parameters, also excuses. Excuses. There's all different ways to define that. I had 45 minutes. I fucking went into my favorite vintage shop Mm -hmm. down the street Mm -hmm. real quick, bought a cute 80s blouse, then went to fucking yoga, killed, like, had a great class. This teacher is amazing. Uh, and it was like, and I, it was great. It yeah. was fucking what I needed. So I get that message from Georgia. I'm like really impressed, genuinely, Thank very you. impressed. Oh, it was great because I know we both wanted to do it, but I want to do things all the time and yeah. I don't honor my, my own wants. Yeah. I'll be like, well, that's dumb and doesn't matter. Or you're to this and that and the other You thing. tell ambitious Karen that she's being stupid. Oh, oh, oh. I mean. Stop trying to make me cry. <laughs> so I saw yours and I was like, yep, this is something it's important to do. And then the more we started getting, you know, you guys started yeah. tweeting us and being like, I'm a yoga instructor and I, I do this. I or like, I didn't want to go today, this. but I knew Karen and Georgia would be mad at me. Yes. <laughs> Which is great. Use our anger at you. Please do. Because it is real. We will be mad at you. Um, so I started making, of course, we constantly talk about our friend Lizzie Cooperman, who, uh, uh, Lizzie is a definitely a yoga person. Uh-huh. So I sent her a message and I was basically to say, I gotta go to one of these and Maybe. I know I'm not going to. So can you please be my Sherpa? Yeah. And she starts sending me. Oh no. Texts of different <laughs> yoga classes yes. around town. But of course, Lizzie is kind of not of this. Uh, hemisphere right. of this even galaxy. She's like made of crystals. <laughs> She's magical. Yeah. So she starts sending me, I sent you one that I thought I was signed up to go to and then I didn't go to because I freaked out. And it was basically, she was like, all you do is lay there yeah. and they do gongs and chimes. This is not my style at all. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't want to go with Lizzie because I know we're just going to put a bolster on our hips and lay there for eight hours and yes, I can't do that. And do the gong. I need to fucking sweat and stretch and like get crazy. Lizzie was like, they're going to put peppermint oil in your hand <laughs> and we're going to regress back to when we uh, used to live on the savannah. There'll be a tarot card on your forehead to guess which one the tarot card is. You win a membership. Yeah. So I said I would do that and then at the last second I basically was like I'm still laying down. This is weird. Yeah. And I had to call in some phony excuse. She was like don't even worry about it. Oh you know what I did? I went does this place have air conditioning? Again requirements uh-huh. right? You're like oh it's not good enough. Uh-huh. So then it came a uh, I can't remember what day it was. I think it may have been Monday. Uh-huh. And then I was like, fucking do this. Like, yeah, yeah. stop it. And then I realized, just go to one that's not in Hollywood. Yes. Get out of fucking... I don't even live in Hollywood. Yeah. So, like, Ugh, go no. somewhere small, cool, low-key. And I went back to a yoga studio I used to go to. Like, it was easily, like, 11 years ago. <laughs> and when I walked in... So, I was like, I'm doing this. I signed up online so that I would go. Yeah, I Paid the money never, already. Never do that. Did all, did all those pre-things. Was all like, I'm good. And I went 15 minutes early in case they made you That's feel something out. Too. If you get there early, if you don't have to walk into a room full of people... Right. It makes you... makes me Like, I get set up. I'm there. You know, it's not overwhelming. Yeah, and it's not... You're not tiptoeing and whispering right. and being weird. Right. But as I hit the door... What did I forget? Tragically. Your yoga mat? That's right. Oh, you can rent them there. 
Yes, but have you ever smelled the yoga mats they rent? It is like Don't the sweat of what I'm yelling at you. <laughs> 1,000. I was like, as I hit the door, I was like, well, that's just your payment yeah. for like being so freaked out. And I rented this yoga mat. It was a great class. It was a gentle class. Yeah. It couldn't have been easier. The entire time I was thinking, there was a couple things where we had to do like a downward dog into a leg lift. And I was like, oh. this isn't a grandma move. Like yeah. this was supposed to be a grandma class, but it was basically starting you grandma and then moving you into like, can you lift your leg off the ground? You Just might try as well try. Yeah. Go on and your if tiptoes. not, move into child's pose. Yeah. I also realized I can't do child's pose. Because you can't like sit back on your haunches and I can't sit like my legs and the way my body is shaped. Child's pose is essentially looks like I'm hunched over something <laughs> trying to take it apart. Like you've, you've passed out face first while you yeah. were sitting up on your knees. Yeah. It looks like I'm getting back up from having passed out. <laughs> it's super weird. And I just sat there going like, oh, this is so embarrassing to not be able to do child's pose. And then by that time, I was like, who gives a shit Nobody's about anything? looking at you. Yeah. So it, and then what I loved was the teacher of the class. And normally this would freak me out. When I walked in, she was like, there's a lady behind the desk. But then the teacher was mm-hmm. like, hi, what's your name? And I was like, normally I would turn around and walk out. <laughs> I'm so not a joiner. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Yeah. That stuff like that. I'm just like, I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> um, but she's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Karen. She's like, have you taken this class before? And I'm like, I mean, I've been here, but it was probably, and then I lie and shave five years off. And I was like, maybe six years ago. And she goes, six years. Oh, and then no. I was like, oh my God, I love this woman. She's not going like whispering, yeah. gentle, you know, asanas in my ear. She was like, six years. Well, and then she's like, well, she was here six years ago. And was like, kind of giving me shit. Oh, and you love that. I love it. Because I would have been like shamed into leaving. No, I you know what was- happened. I went into mine and I was like, I think I have like, a, I had bought like a 10 pass class. And she was like, yeah, um, you haven't used it in a year. So it expired. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so embarrassing. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just pay. It's fine. I'll just pay. Even though it was like fucking $22 for a yoga class, like sure. on its own. And then when I came oh. out, she was like, I just, I renewed your, the classes you have left over. I'm like, thank you. She's, that's truly a yoga move. Yeah. It that's was a yogic move. It was generous. That's, she's, I feel like her, solar plexus chakras all the way open <laughs> that's not the all right the term. way open it's all the I way mean, live basically do you know what a yoni egg is <laughs> do you yeah okay well she has do you that was the most sixth grade voice i've ever do heard you? do you know it the thing of prove tell, it tell me what it is yeah tell me uh draw a picture of it uh, <laughs> well gwyneth paltrow Show sells me. them on her website i, I bet. bet she fucking does i have a friend who uses one and i just am always horrified. why did they have a baby Horrified. No, she's just, she's also made of crystals. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have a correction corner. Okay. Should I do? Oh, but also let's keep doing yoga, yoga, okay. bu- the, the yoga bulletin. Once a day. I mean, once a day. Just once a day, guys. <laughs> no big deal. Once, once a, a week. week. Let's all go to yoga. If you can do more, great. If you can't do one, do two next week, whatever. But like, and your speed, you can do an online one. There's a lot of great apps and shit that have yoga. Yes. You don't want to go anywhere. So many. And also just we got a lot yourself. of recommendations of online ones. Yes. So if you're looking for recommendations, look at other people talking about this on our What feed. about a fucking murderino meetup yoga class? I bet there's so many Murderino yoga teachers who can do like a Murderino class. Must be. Has, there must has be. To be. Yeah. Let's do it. Strengths. Um, Correction. Spirituality. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Did you want to keep going? <laughs> With wow. your yoni egg? Now that's your uh, ju- the junior year of high school voice. Here's an email. 
it's 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 titled well here i'll just say hey guys love the podcast etc just thought you should know i uh, just thought i'd shoot you an email to let you know that here in australia our majestic landmark is referred to Uluru, not ayers rock ayers rock so last week i did the um dingo ate my baby story and i called it ayers rock but it's actually Uluru. and um then this person says using its traditional name shows respect to the traditional cu- um custodians the arna new people and thank you for the fucking she spelled it out or phonetically out yeah. phonetically um so i yeah a lot of people told me that and it's respectful and i appreciate that on a completely different note i've just started a weekly yoga class and it's making me very happy fucking hooray and then she i guess there's a little yoga emoji uh, stay sexy, Hannah. So thanks, Hannah, and thanks for everyone letting me know. Uh, to, to be honest, I, it just said in the on the Wikipedia that it's called what either one, and the one that looked hard to pronounce, I didn't say. Yeah. So, but yeah. now I know. Yeah, this is how we learn and grow. Right. Right. Um, speaking of, I really quickly want to plug the summer camp line limited time summer camp run it's people are sending us photos and it looks so fucking cool on everyone and we also want to let you guys know uh one that five percent of all sales for the summer camp line go to camp hope which is a summer camp for kids who have experienced trauma and um and uh violence like domestic violence and oh we are replacing the uh tent design the tp design the tp design with a new tent so keep an eye out for that we're getting rid of it we heard you keep an eye out yeah that's it go to my at the store at the top there should be like a summer camp clicky thing click on that sweet okay anything else for you Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i yelled at you um that's okay i mean i'm gonna get back at you later (laughs) on this week (laughs) maybe i'll trick you into coming to my yoga class and then i'll readjust you in a bad way (laughs) don't put peppermint oil in my hand please If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. 
like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. All right. Who's first? It's Georgia. You. Yeah, Georgia first. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Is, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Here we go. This is a really fucked up story that I'm fascinated by, even though I didn't know a ton about it, as always. Get ready for the horrible story of the Gainesville Ripper. Oh, Jesus. I went there. But don't worry. I'm... It's not. Did you check with Steven? Did you do it? We've never done it, have we? I don't think we have. Okay. Do you think you did it in Florida? I feel like I looked it up in Florida and then bummed me out so bad I didn't do it for a live show. I don't think you would have done this for a live show. Yeah, it's so, it's like such a classic serial killer horror show. And he's a fucking bastard who just wanted attention. Right. So I don't actually talk about his life really at all because fuck him. And I'm not going to go into too much of the gruesome details because it's unnecessary to say anything too deep in there. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> August 1990. Here we are in the beautiful university town of Gainesville, Florida. It's ranked as the 13th best place to live in the United States by Money Magazine. And you know Money Magazine. Sorry, what year? 1990. Okay. So, so it's like, it was a weird time. Yeah, 90s, like, end of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, there's this, there's that. It's still kind of an innocent time. There's no, like, big. <laughs> there was this and that. End I remember. The, end of the 80s, start of the 90s. <laughs> there's this, there's that. It's like still a little, like, uh, antiquated as far as, like, technology is concerned. There's no technology. There's none. There was, we were still in full payphone mode in yeah. 1990. If someone had a car phone, they were a drug dealer. Or a doctor. And they were, like, the biggest car phone you've ever. It was, like, one of the seats had to be removed for your car phone. Yeah. It actually was the seat you leaned over and stuck your ear on this on this passenger seat <laughs> the, you removed it. one door and held it up to your ear <laughs> of your ferrari like a delorean yeah, yeah like a delorean the door had to be open mm -hmm, and that was your phone that just reminded me of my next door neighbor andy withington who is a legendary human being and when we were growing up was one of the funniest people and one of the oddest people he uh when car phones became popular this was back in the late 80s when mm -hmm. it was like preppy time and right. people were, everyone pretended they were rich yeah which i actually talk about in one of my chapters of the book oh shit um how the 80s made everyone think that they were supposed to pretend to be rich right and which is why we have this weird cult of donald trump because it's all those aspirational people who are like yeah. someday i'll have a gold apartment and yeah. it's like why but just aspire to not be a piece of shit that's <laughs> maybe. enough and like have a little bit of savings so you don't go broke if you get sick because you don't have health insurance that will cover anything yes anyway anyhow my next door neighbor bought a fake car phone no that he used to yes and if we could see i wish it was called like bull something so there was a yeah, picture yeah. it was like basically saying it was bullshit. bullshit and it had a one of those real tight wrapped cords yes but it was a corded 
car phone. So it was like he would pretend to talk on the phone in because he had bought himself a used Porsche. Oh, my God. He was all about that life. And it was one of the funniest things. Could he would just pretend to have fake conversations because he wanted to be seen as someone who had one or because he was thinking it was funny. Oh, because he actually wanted people to be like, holy shit, he's got a phone. I think both. Like, I think he thought it was hilarious, but he also did want to look like a doctor status or a rich person. Just pop those fucking IZOD, double IZOD collars. He also had he bought he had a Latigra. And he had his grandma sew an uh, Izod alligator on over because he like somebody he had a oh ripped Izod, and I remember him showing me the final product, which <sighs> was Frankenstein Izod alligator, <laughs> which was really raised up because there was a yeah. lati- whatever the uh, the tiger one was underneath yeah, it, and I was just right. like, sorry, where are you going to wear this? Yeah, you're going to get beaten into to nobody cares submission. Yeah, too. It was hilarious, but we all cared back then. Self help, work on yourself. <laughs> well, there <laughs> you got all the solutions tonight it's right i just had karen run down with the 90 1990 was like you got it money magazine of course was like a big like the best place one of the best places to live by money magazine where it's like god money magazine yeah you think they have anything we want to read about in there this was the era of like greed is good yeah that whole thing where it's it has never gone away and it's it's done real damage to this culture okay so uh august 1990 it's the beginning of a new school semester at florida State University in Gainesville. Gainesville's like a a big college town, so like the population doubles during the uh, school year. Wow, it's like one of those kinds of places. But it's also like cute and like a nice little town. Um, about thirty six thousand students ca- came to campus and were moving in, excited to start the new school year, which I'm sure happens when you're in college. I wouldn't know. Uh, but little do they know that their town is about to turn into the inspiration for the 1996 hit horror film, Scream. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, so, on the Sunday before class was about to begin, August 26th, at 4 p.m., a police officer arrives at the Williamsburg Village Apartments because of complaints about loud music, and, which is not unusual, obviously, for a college town mm-hmm. when the cop arrived please arrives, he finds the building maintenance van waiting along with the parents of the girl who lives in the apartment where the complaint is happening 17 year old christina powell of jacksonville florida and um her parents are worried because they hadn't heard from her all weekend which of course again police are like that's totally normal but when he found out that her car was still there and she knew they were supposed to be showing up that day and still hadn't answered her phone or her door they were worried so he starts to worry um and she hadn't been seen since friday the parents of christina her parents are also worried about her roommate sonia larson who's 18 of Deerful deerfield beach also hasn't called home as scheduled uh, that day, so neither of them have been heard from. The parents are told to wait outside as the maintenance man and the officer go to the apartment's door on the second floor. They bang on the door. There's no answer. The maintenance man tries the key, and for some reason, the key won't work. So they break the window of the, um, of the, what's it called? Door. The door, sorry. Sliding glass door? No. They break a window on the door frame. They can't reach the lock, but they can immediately smell a strong foul odor coming out of the house as soon as they break the window. Fucking scary. So together they break down the door, and um, as soon as they enter the apartment, they find the bloodied, naked body of Sonia on her bed. She had been stabbed over 20 times 
in the back and raped and then uh, posed in a sexually explicit way. And um, she had been mutilated. Ugh. The body of Christina is found downstairs, stabbed repeatedly, mutilated, and also posed in a shocking way, like on purpose, which we know a lot of fucking psychopaths do. So police are shocked at the fucking savagery of this uh, attack. One local reporter says it was the first time he had not been allowed directly in to see the crime scene, which freaked him out. And also he said that uh, he knew something was wrong after he saw one of the seasoned officers rush out of the house and barf in the bushes, Yeah, which is like that. That's not what you want to see. Terrible. Yeah, because whoever who would. You're never so seasoned that something like that wouldn't right. like, completely j- traumatize you as a person. Totally, totally. But then, you you know, as someone, as like a bystander, like that's, I don't want to see the police officer not being able to handle what he just saw. Yes. That's the a- absolute worst. So um, a neighbor had reported that he, they had heard someone showering and playing loud music on the Friday night. By the way, it's George Michael's Faith for some reason. I don't know why that was an interesting fucking tidbit. As well as banging sound that he thought was just the girls hanging paintings. So it was determined that they probably had been killed on Friday night. Um, detectives worked the scene late into the night. The news and gruesome details spread through the college town, including that the killer had removed and taken one of the girl's nipples with a sharp blade. And of course, fear and panic totally ensue all these like fucking young college kids who had just arrived for the new semester. And they were right to be fucking terrified because uh, before they had even packed up at the first crime scene, detectives are called to the second. Oh, can you fucking imagine the? F- I feel like I read about this while it was happening, but I was 10 years old, so that can't be right. Nah. Uh, Krista Hoyt is 18 of Archer, and she had not arrived to her midnight shift as a records clerk at the sheriff's department, and she wasn't answering her phone. So at 1230 in the morning, two officers arrived at her front door and knocked. They got no answer. They saw her car was parked, of course, close by. The building manager shows up and brings the officers around to the back of the house, but immediately the building manager notices that something's wrong with the gate. It had been knocked over. Like, this is damaged. This is a problem. So the officers make sure no one's in the backyard. And then they try the sliding glass door, the back door, which is locked. But they noticed that the blinds didn't go all the way to the bottom of the door. So they crouch down on their hands and knees, look through the fucking little space that they can see. And to their horror, they're able to see the body of a naked woman sitting on the edge of the bed. And she's like folded over, um, kind of just sitting there with a pool of blood at her feet. She still has her shoes and socks on. And they realize that the body doesn't have a head. I know the officers hear the uh, water running inside the house. And so they wait for backup in case the killer is still inside. I think it was that they heard a shower running and once backup arrives, they enter the house. It had been ransacked for valuables. And they find water dripping in the shower and blood pooling. But no one was there. So, like, was the killer there when they were when they first spotted her body? They also find Krista's head, and it's placed in a shocking manner just to, like, get the attention. And her body is also mutilated. 
So news fucking spreads like crazy through the community. This is in, within like two days. This is happening. Students were terrified and they knew that anyone could be next. The Gainesville phone lines are jammed and like not working because so many students were trying to call home and so many parents were trying to call in. <clears throat> like this is why I don't want kids is the thought of like your kid being there and how fucking terrifying that would be. I just couldn't handle it. I honestly feel like I would have just left and gone home yeah i think that's what's interesting too about it is like you think about what would i have done yeah and so so many left but so many didn't too you know well yeah because there's a lot of people they just don't have that option or right. like it's that thing where you know like how much do i need to panic right now yes and there are some people who don't kind of either maybe know that much about stuff like this like we have spent lots of sure. time in our life going, this is a thing that can happen. It's going to happen again. Right. But there's some people who I think dissociate a little bit or just go like, that's not about me. That and couldn't happen to me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's very true. Um, students, but also students like stay together overnight. Some of them stay as many as like a dozen to 20 people per apartment. Like they're just all camping out together. Okay. Just, just complete sidebar separation. Let's do it. This is horrible. Great. Like, we that just need a break. Would be so fun. <laughs> I'm so, I mean, any excuse, not that scenario uh-huh. obviously is in no way fun. No, no, I get what you're saying. Separately, if like for me, yeah. when like I lived in New York very briefly and one time there was a blizzard that hit and we, we literally had to walk to the closest person's apartment and all stay the night there. Yeah. I live for that shit. Well, that Not reminds in this me. scenario, <laughs> no, but no. like overall, like you have to jam everybody in and everyone's like, oh my God. And then you play games and get drunk. And that reminds me of, and I think this is a better, this is what you, this is what you're talking about, but it's not, it's awful, but not as awful as I know. I knew someone who, when the, um, when the, the riots happened, the uh, Rodney King riots happened. They were like in Hollywood at a friend's party and they all went to the roof and like saw the city burning and like no one would leave. So yes. they all stayed in the apartment for like a couple days. Yeah. And I'm sure they got high as fuck the whole time. Yes. So no one wants to sleep alone. Um, also, like lounge area in residence halls turns into like sleeping areas for students who live off campus. Sorority houses hire full time security guards. But it's like, what if the security guard is the murderer, you know? Um, they sleep with baseball bats and mace in their under their pillows. Extra locks are installed on their doors and windows. Gun sales soar. Helicopters all over town at night, etc. You know, people are freaking the fuck out, as they should be. Students are told that they would not be penalized for missing class or going home, which a lot of them did. <laughs> fuck, try to penalize me. Are yeah. you crazy? Yeah, good, great. Penalize yeah. me. I'm going to Europe for the, summer, for yeah. the school year. Uh, then on Tuesday... So that was Sunday. The first, uh, the first victims were found. The next night, the second, the third one's found. Uh, then Tuesday, so coming up on August twenty seventh, just two days after the Hoyt murder, two more victims were found. Ugh. Manny Tabota and Tracy Paulus. They're both twenty three years old. They're roommates. Manny's a guy. Uh, Tracy's a female. Manny is like six three fucking you know had been a uh, high school athlete he's like bill and everyone loves him he's over 200 pounds um and manny and tracy had been friends since high school so her parents were stoked when she was like i'm in a roommate with my friend manny and they're like great she's fucking safe which 100 yeah. you would think so and uh so a friend of their of the two of them had asked another friend that lived in town to check on them when he hadn't heard from them since sunday 
the maintenance man unlocked the door and they immediately spotted Tracy's naked, bloody body in the hallway. Mm. And the maintenance man, they immediately like, he does what he should. He leaves and fucking locks the door on the way out and calls the police, like, you know, making sure the scene is safe and no one's going to go in there. But the police arrive five minutes later. They find the door is now unlocked from the inside. And the maintenance man was like, when we came in, I saw a fucking black, like, duffel bag near Tracy's body, and it's gone now. Oh, no. Dude. Oh, fuck. Can you fucking imagine? So the only reason, probably, that that maintenance man lived was because he was so smart to go, do not contaminate this crime scene. Him and the friend who had come over. They were together. Oh, right, So, yeah, right. he yeah, wasn't yeah. like, oh, no, what's going on? Let's go search for Manny. Right. Because he saw the body. They Good were like, let's get, step back and let's get out of here. Unbelievable. Isn't that insane? Yeah. And the fact that he remembered, like, you see something as horrible as that. And the fact that he remembered that there was a bag there still, you know, because you're like having the shock moment is yeah. insane. So Manny's body is found in his bed and he was dead of a vicious struggle with someone who had a knife. Ugh. And so basically it looked like someone had come in to subdue Manny so that they could attack Tracy. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because of the interruption that there's no mutilations this time. But who knows what would have happened if he had been found out later. Uh, Gainesville fucking blows up. You know, uh, the media goes crazy. There's comparisons with the Ted Bundy killing spree in the college town of Tallahassee, Florida in 1978. And Ted Bundy had been sent to the electric chair just a year before these murders started happening. Oh, shit. So everyone's like, this is fresh. Yeah. And we're the ones that killed Ted Bundy. And now this is going on. Um, the comparisons also quickly made to Jack the Ripper because of the mutilations. And that's when the media picks up on the moniker of the Gainesville Ripper. Mm-hmm. And that's like plastered on the fucking front cover of every magazine all over the country. This po- By this point, the bizarre murders had attracted widespread media attention. There's all these fucking news outlets. And it does kind of remind you of the movie Scream. You can see where they got a lot of this stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. Well, I'm sure there were, you know, every once in a while you drive through L.A. and you'll look over and there'll be like a KTLA news yes. van with the antenna all the way up. Totally. And someone standing on a sidewalk doing a man on the street. Yeah. Like, of course, that was happening all over that city. Right. Because that is what is what is a huger story than there is an active like berserking serial killer on the loose and what's so crazy about it is all these women these like it was like small brunette women that were being killed and suddenly a fucking man who like a big athletic man is attacked and killed too and so everyone's like well now nobody's safe this isn't just like women who live alone right it's like you're not even safe with your fucking best friend who's a dude who's like gonna protect you right it's like scaring everyone now and they're like all you know the media are trying to get fucking interviews with all these college students who are freaking out i'm sure there's a ton of good fucking footage online that's so 1990 you can't even handle it just tons of scrunchies and crying scrunchies and crying and then in the background crunch you hair. want to call me baby <laughs> Is that when that was? Okay. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, there's enormous pressure on the Gainesville police to find the killer. Duh. Um, There's a lengthy investigation that ensues with over 6,500 leads and over 1,500 pieces of evidence. 6,500 fucking leads. Initially, though, uh, the police had very few credible leads to go on. And uh, they did, like, there's a couple people that got uh, fingered for it and got, like, in the media spotlight and kind of, like, their lives ruined over yeah. it, mm-hmm. which I don't want to get into because we don't, you know, sucks. Because it ruined their lives. It ruined their lives. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they're not connected immediately, 
Let's, so this is like, all right, let's start somewhere else. Here we go. 10 days after the last murder on September 7th in Ocala, Florida, about 40 miles from Gainesville, police arrest a dude named Danny Harold Rowling. He's 36 years old. He fucking looks like a young Al Bundy. Like, he looks like Al Bundy to me in every... Al Bundy, yes, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? What's his name? The actor? Who I now think of as just from Modern Family. Oh, right. Like the op- would, well, not the opposite, but it's just a, such a refined version yeah. of Al Bundy. Yeah. I love that guy. Give yeah. me a second, I'll remember his Ed, name. Ed. Ed. Grimley. <laughs> yeah, Junior. damn it. Norton. Ed. Vince, I mean, Vince. Oh, my God. Steven's Steven, pouring at it? me. Ed, don't say it. Ed. Uh, Harris. No, Ed. Say it. Ed O'Neill. Damn it. Ah, we would never get there. I would have gotten it. No, you know, wait, really quick. Yeah. My dad, we were watching Modern Family one day. My sister loves that show. I love it too. It's yeah. good. Um, very consistently well written for years, and the people on it are amazing. Mm-hmm. My dad walks through the room. Ed O'Neill is on this screen, and my dad walks through and goes, He's an amazing handball player. What? <laughs> <laughs> and keeps walking. That's such a dad thing to say. Handball. How does I'm he like, even know first that? of all, you're not from Brooklyn. Like, what are you talking about? And those are the like Oh my god. It's Has like it, hitting smacking things against a wall. I feel in like Queens. That, that's when dad would have been like, Oh yeah, we used to play at the Y. Yes. Exactly. But he just had that tidbit of information. Yes. And he read an like, article. I bet he read like a AS, what's those, the old timey people? AARP. He read an AARP <laughs> article with Ed O'Neill that talked about how much he loved fucking handball. It sounded to me like he had a friend who also was good at handball. Oh. And maybe bragged that he knew the guy from like Modern Family. 25 years ago, probably. Or 70 years ago. I mean, right. like, it's such an old sport. Yeah. It was hilarious. And of course, we start laughing and then we're like, wait, we have follow up questions. He was already like out in the driveway. <laughs> Dad. <clears throat> Dad. Dad. Okay. So this fucking dude, this Ed O'Neill, 36 year old Ed O'Neill dude, which like you see these photos of people. <laughs> you shouldn't call him the Ed O'Neill shit, dude. Sure. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you see these people and you're, and you're like, that's an, that's guy's a gross old serial killer. And then you're like, wait, that guy's younger than me in mm-hmm. that photo. Yeah. It's bananas. Hard life. Uh, Hard living. Receding hairline. But, uh, if you hadn't seen that, you, I don't know. There's just something about him that's like, Aged. Hard life for sure. Okay. Aged shark, dead shark eyes. No. Absolute piece of shit. Yeah. Biggest piece of shit. So, September 7th. So, this shit all happens and started on August uh, 28th. And now we're on September 7th. And 40 miles from Gainesville, this dude, uh, 36 year old Dan- Danny Rowling, is a, he's a, a drifter who was born in Shreveport, Louisiana. He'd been arrested. Uh, on this date after an armed robbery of a Winn-Dixie. Uh, Did you ever go to a Winn-Dixie? No, I've never been. Me neither, but or I... Or a Piggly Wiggly. No, me neither. Neither. Shit. I think... Are they closed? I don't know. Everyone let us know. They'll all let us know. Uh, Any <laughs> rhetorical question we ask gets answered. And you should see how I spelled this because I was in a hurry. Okay. And I... There's an X... There's a K next to an X. All right. <laughs> So police, at this time when he gets arrested for this uh, armed robbery, police are focused on this mentally ill student who had been evicted from the apartment complex where um, where Tracy, Paulus, and Manny had lived. So there's this dude who lived there. He's their prime suspect because he had, his roommates were like, you're fucking bananas because he was 
not taking his medication at the time. Yeah. He had some issues and he was like a little fucking, I mean, he was an okay suspect because he was a little bananas, but like quickly he didn't turn out. Um, and he was their prime suspect. This is the media being like, this is the guy with his face on the fucking cover. And shit. It's not him. So while in custody, Rowling, he's super chatty. Like he wants to talk about himself a lot. He admitted to the robbery. He also admitted to shooting his father, which he's wanted for. Okay. His dad's a retired police lieutenant. Uh, wow you know and then there's the like story of fucking this dude's life that's like horrible and his dad is a piece of shit and all this stuff but it's like well that's no excuse to kill people is it the standard kind of abuse cycle and alcoholism and standard all that stuff yeah okay standard okay um so he had shot his father in the stomach and the head during an argument but the dad lived and just had like his eye got shot out and like one of his ears and like (laughs) some crazy shit and so it was a real awkward thanksgiving that year (laughs) you'd think so during the argument four months earlier and he had taken the fuck off as a teen he had been caught peeking in windows to watch girls shower and undress it sounds like a lot like similar to the golden state killer kind of the way it ramped up yeah he then had become a drifter he had committed armed robberies in Alabama, Louisiana, and Georgia. Like, he had been in prison and that sort of thing. So, um, but he wouldn't even be suspected, like, as the Gainesville Ripper until about three months later. So, for three fucking months, everyone is... Oh, so, when this dude that they arrested, the, the mentally ill guy who's in prison now for, like, some other thing, the murder stopped. So, they're oh, like, we've no. got our guy. But, so, but, but for three months, they hadn't for sure caught someone you know which sounds there was no link evidence linking this guy right like except for that he lived in that apartment right i mean yeah yeah um so three months later when after he's arrested when the game this rolling is arrested when the gainesville murder task force they start looking at inmates in central florida jails uh, prisoners who had been arrested after the last murder attributed to the Ripper. So I think they finally find out that this, uh, this kid is not the culprit and they're like, let's, we need to do some fucking work right now. So they also do the, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. So in, in, they call all these different counties, including Shreveport, which is Rowling's hometown. And they request, uh, Gainesville requests, uh, similar crimes like that sound the same and uh, they noted that the similarities to the five murders in Gainesville matched a triple homicide that had happened in Shreveport in November of 1989. Uh, Julie Grissom, she's a 24-year-old girl, her nephew Sean Grissom who was eight Mm. and Julie's father Tom Grissom who was 55 had been discovered stabbed to death in Tom Grissom's home in November of 89, Julie's body had been mutilated, clean, and then posed in a really similar uh, manner. Her hair had been like spread out. And it was just like a, a very similar horrific thing, one that you don't forget. And when someone calls you and says, this this is how the bodies were found, you fucking immediately are like, yeah, this happened here too. Yeah. So the task force, task force in Gainesville re-examines every crime that had happened in the Gainesville area at the time of the Ripper murders, which I think is so cool. Like yes. anything, including a bank robbery. Oh. So they noted that on August 27th, 1990, the day Hoyt was discovered, Danny Rowling's hobo camp 
had been found by police in a wooded area located near the apartment complex where some of the victims had lived. Mm-hmm. So in some like fucking light woods, there's this fucking drifter sets up camp and has all his shit there. And like the cops had seen him. He ran. They followed him and they found his campsite, but he had gotten away. So um, the police had found at his campsite a bag of money with pink dye from the bank robbery. So, okay. like, when the fucking money, the die explodes and shit, which is such a bummer. Right. Um, <laughs> All that money ruined. I mean, pink. Yuck. <laughs> like, at least have a nice, cool color. Da, da, da. So, he had left everything behind. They, they fucking packed up his whole campsite and put it in storage, like, just in case they could find him at one point. But, like, without going through everything and seeing the connection between the Gainesville Rippers, unfortunately, or Ripper murders, unfortunately. But how would they have known? Right. Uh, so at this point, they pull that fucking shit out of storage, right? They send it out for testing. And so when Danny Rowling had gone into uh, jail for the Winn-Dixie fucking thing, he had like a bum tooth. And so the dentist had yanked the tooth. They had kept the tooth. They got a fucking warrant for the fucking tooth <laughs> to DNA test that motherfucking thing. No. Do you think that that jail dentist just had the tooth in his pocket? Or do you think it was like in a little test tube somewhere? I think he strings them all around his neck whenever he pulls a fucking tooth. I love that because it's like, it's your rotten tooth. No one's going to think to be like, uh, uh, I need that back. I want that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they got a warrant. Like they, they got a warrant. Still had, even though it was in their custody and happened at the jail, you, I would think that they wouldn't need a warrant for it because it was done there. Right. But nope, they need a fucking warrant for it, which is so cool. We have a lot of protections. That's right. Um, not enough. Yeah. So, da, 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 da. okay, so there's a DNA test and the results reveal that 1990, like, that's pretty new, right? Mm-hmm. The DNA is consistent with the ki- what, what the killer left at the murder scene. And they're like, oh, shit, this is our dude. Um, also, a screwdriver that was in that storage unit had been found in his hobo camp. Uh, and it found 17 matches between the screwdriver and the pry marks at the murder scene. So he, even when the doors were locked, he was just able to pry them in, which I mean, sliding glass doors, you guys get those dowels that you put. So you can't, you know, like the, the dowels that you put there. Like, let's just all do that, please. I'm so scared of them. Um, they also do this fucking, this fucking idiot. So he's like, he has a guitar and he writes fucking um, country songs. Danny Rowling? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he records them. He's like a tape recorder. Oh. And he, I mean, uh, some, yeah. You're saying they're good? They're Amy. <laughs> no, they're like, I just hate this guy. He records like, he had recorded at the hobo camp, like messages to his parents of like, he basically is like, the night that he goes to kill people, he's recording like a cryptic, like, I have to do this thing. Oh. Don't hate me for this. And then also recorded all these country songs that he wrote. And they're just like so terrible and embarrassing oh. and like horrible. <laughs> he just sucks so bad. <laughs> and then like, I listen to a podcast and I'll like play one of the country songs with like horror mu- music in the background. And it's like, you can't, you still, this is still a terrible song. Yeah. It's not horror. It's like, right. just it's not scary. It's horrible. Just, lots of people do this. It's bad yeah. music. He just fucking sucks. It's not yeah. creepier because he's a fucking serial killer. But it is crazy that he is making those choices to record himself, like to basically make, make um, evidence against himself. Yeah. Well, okay, well, let's get to this stuff because it's the same thing with like when people, when like fucking John Wayne Gacy is like, I'm a painter, buy my shit. And it's like, well, it's not that good, but it's John Wayne Gacy, so you'll buy it. I think it's the same kind of thing. Or it's like, but I'm fucking Danny Rowling, so it's, you know, 
it's a serial killer's music because he wanted to be famous. All right. I wrote, he sucks so bad. He's charged with several counts of murder in November of 91. In 94, nearly four years after the murders, Rowling was finally brought to trial. He claimed that his motive was to become a, quote, superstar, much in the same way as Ted Bundy. So Mm -hmm. he wanted to be famous. He wanted these, like, recordings to be, like, you know, studied and shit. He unexpectedly pleads guilty to all charges. And the reason he does that is because he doesn't want to see the crime scene photos at the trial. Oh, like he just doesn't want to go through it. Yeah. Okay. He's like, I can't even look at the crime scene photos. Wow. Yeah. Dude, you were there for it. You were there. Dude. You created these crime scene photos. Jesus. He's diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder and borderline personality disorder. Um, After his, not that anyone with these fucking conditions would do something like this. Just get that out of the way. And after his trial, he's sentenced to the uh, the death. He, he's sentenced to death for the murders in Gainesville. Good. Um, which was one of the things that if you plead guilty, it's more likely that you can be uh, sentenced to murder, which is interesting. Sentenced to death? Yes. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. What's happening? Wouldn't it be? Never mind. <laughs> um, while in prison. Okay. Here's this fucked up shit. You ready for this? While in prison. It's been pretty fucked up already. Here's some more fucked up shit. Okay. Which I didn't know about before I studied this. While in prison, he approaches a controversial American true crime author named Sandra London. Have you heard of her? No. She is like a, uh, she's a true crime author, like, and rule, but without scruples. So he tells her he wants to tell his story through her eyes because he wanted to write a book about everything and he needs her help with it. Okay. So they collaborate in writing a psychological memoir, which includes his Rowling's confessions to f- the five murders, along with other capital crimes for which he had not been charged. He just like wants everyone to know everything because he's a fucking show off. And so Sandra London and fucking uh, Rowling are sued by the state of Florida under the son of Sam law, which means that you can't make money off uh, your crimes. Right. Also, though, Danny Rowling and Sandra London fall in love and get engaged. Of course. Can I read? Okay. About their first meeting in person, she says, I approached my meeting with Danny thinking I was prepared for anything, but there was one thing I was not prepared for. I had no idea what a fine looking man he is today. Instead of the broken and dejected loser I'd seen on TV, standing before my hungry eyes was one gorgeous hunk of a man. No, honey. Honey. Because also that's just bad writing. It's also bad writing. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, Wow. She went on to write Fifty Shades of Grey. No. Um, Here's the thing about people that fall in love with serial killers especially serial killers who just who've just told you everything they've ever done yeah they're not even like lying that they didn't do it no you sit there i mean you've told me what he's done and i'm not look i don't know what the pictures look like i don't know anything and there's a couple things i wish i didn't have had to have heard the idea that she would then be like, I need to be with this person. Yeah. There's something like that thing. I think it's like, you might be lady, you might be confusing, um, like trauma, stress, shock, 
like all those feelings are like i have butterflies and it's like <laughs> no you're fucking scared for your life it's you fucking idiot your fight or flight response yeah you're basically kind of like you're trying to get get small and be like take pity on me and then he did he does of like well I'm, i like you little lady and it's, it's also like, the thing of like well i know him like he wanted to open up to me of I'm all special. people and i'm special and she's like he's totally psychopath but like she says like psychopaths are like crystals where they have these multifaceted layers and it's not just one thing and blah 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 blah, blah. it's like well sure. the one thing that's really important is that he's a fucking murderer that's the top layer top one and don't go underneath that because it doesn't matter yeah i mean lots of people have lots of layers sure (laughs) wow okay okay almost done um on october 25th 2006 the florida state prison in stark uh, i just copied and pasted this wrong danny rowling was executed by lethal injection at the time of his death he was 52 years old so wow. it took a while so this month august marks the 28th anniversary of the murders in gainesville um and there's a 11 there's a 1120 foot long retaining wall along southwest 34th street um and there is a tribute to the victims it was first uh painted in 1990 with black, red, and white paint by Adam uh, Byron Tritt. So he thought it would just be this, like, temporary, um, you know, tribute to the victims that we, you know, that everyone could go and mourn at. But through the years, people have been regularly repainting it and touching it up. And so it's still fucking there for 28 years. Yeah. And I saw photos of it, and it's just simple and sad and has their names really large. At the memorial's 20-year anniversary, a plaque was placed below the graffiti memorial reading in memory of Sonia Larson, Christina Powell, Krista Hoyt, Tracy Paulus, Manuel, Tab- and Manuel Taboda. And that's the fucking Gainesville Ripper murders. Wow, dude. Rough stuff. Yeah. Man. And, and you're right. It is like a horror movie. Because also Scream has like those kind of campy elements. This is like, this is like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre version of Scream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's worse. It's worse. It's the worst. It's the worst of most of the stories we've done. Also just because it is that thing of the building fear in the city. Yeah. And the built where it's the, how like upsetting no one's to safe. be a police person. Yeah. Where you're at one crime going, holy shit, what I just saw. And then they're like, LA Mary yeah. three and four. I'll just do the what I know the radio call signs are from chips. <laughs> oh shit. Do it again. LA Mary three and four. That was their those were their radio LA calls. And three, four. What does that mean? Uh I don't know. It's like well, LA is they were Los okay, Angeles. Grab it. And right. I don't I think M three and M four. Oh sure. Oh got it, got it. I don't know. Amazing. Ponch and John. I don't know what they what they're it just that's what the lady said every time they had a call oh. and then they had to go, you know, talk to somebody on the side of the highway. But my point is to be a person to be basically a homicide detective they're not it's not like there's a ton of them yeah same ones have to go to all of them yeah and in five days yeah they have seen horrors that like most people never see totally especially when you go to a town like Gainesville where you're expecting it to be like drunken parties and you know brawl like bar brawls they have to break up and domestic you know violence which is horrible but like shit that you know what to expect when you get there right and then this kind of thing happens and you're helpless and you have you know you don't have suspects you don't have you have a million tips and you have to follow all of them up and none of them are leading anywhere and it's just i mean 
got really lucky by catching him as quickly as they did and yes. then fig- putting the fucking pieces together because he absolutely would have kept killing people. Well, and I would just like to say bravo to the, those Gainesville police officers because of reaching out to other, you know, it's right. that thing where a lot of the times the stories we tell is when they will not go outside yeah. of their area and everybody is clicky where clearly this is the beginnings of that changing yeah. Yeah. where they're like, we've got to do it and we've got to do that footwork to figure out is anything similar and then what like what other little crimes happened that day like those days even a fucking stolen bike could have been like you know a getaway vehicle whatever you know it's just somebody was a really good investigator yeah yeah. because also if if this is a town it's a college town and it's also a town that's listed in money magazine is like one of the nicest places to live homicide is is not common there. Right. So, yeah. And I wonder if they, it was like, they, if they called the FBI in and there was like... They did. They did call the FBI in and... Uh, I mean, that they think they always do, right? But what's the... Uh, with, the with like murder of this level. Uh, what's the... It's like V... Shit. I like took it out for some reason. It's like uh, their their database back then. Vicap? Yes. They, they checked Vicap and I think that's another re- way they were to like pinpoint similar murders and that sort of thing. Right. Ugh, so, so yeah, FBI was involved. So crazy. Yeah. I like the idea that there's FBI in every city. Yeah. I think that's really fascinating. Yeah. We should go knock Surprise. on some doors. <laughs> we should. <laughs> I'm going to find the Burbank FBI. Uh, we should busk outside of the the local <laughs> FBI agency. Do what? Do what? Do what? They're like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're arrested immediately. <laughs> you guys are suspects in everything. They're like, <laughs> we found that, that apartment where you didn't pay rent that last month and then you just <gasps> moved out. Did you do that? I think we may have done that Oof. Uh, uh, only once. And it was this, it was once it, is all it takes it. Right. Goodbye. <laughs> um, it was an apartment where it, I think after we left, I think the whole place got like shut Condemned. down. It was truly like at a slant. Oh it was God. really in a shitty part of yeah. um, San Francisco. It was bad. It was really bad. And I think that I remember them coming up just to tell us, don't step out on the back porch. <laughs> It was that bad. Oh, my God. So it was not like we didn't have a ton of guilt. Then you were in the right. I also put my hand through the front window one time when I was trying to open it and I was super drunk. (gasps) Oh, no. I was like four pitchers of beer. Oh, my God. And I was home and I was like, I am open this window. And I couldn't pull it up straight. It wasn't going up straight. And I thought, oh, I'll bang. No. (laughs) And I just it was really old, obviously, thin glass that had never been replaced because I just I I went like once to kind of tap it. My entire hand went through the window. Did you cut yourself? I cannot remember. Don't you hate that? It's like you were drunk. And if you cut yourself, your friends are like, Karen's drunk. And it's like, no, this like this would have happened even if I were sober because his glass is shit. <laughs> I mean, you can say that. Okay, fine. <laughs> when do you put your hand through a window unless you're fucking <laughs> so drunk that you're like, I'll take care of it, everybody. I'll open the window. I'll open it right now. <laughs> oh, no. You on the street, are you okay? Party! Come up! Come up to drunk Karen! You can't appear. Do you have any beers? Um, okay, I'm gonna be. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know, it sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay. So we will, we will downshift uh, slightly here. Good Jesus. Yeah. This one is uh, older, less intense, and has an has some interesting um, layers to it. Pre nineteen ninety. Yes. Okay. Um, but I liked it because lately I haven't. There have been times, obviously, all my life, where I will sit there and watch like. If it's like real detective, I just watch every single episode. And then sometimes I'll make notes and then later go back and be like, oh, that's a good case. Yeah. But lately I haven't. I I think it's just I think it's the heat. I think it's like cultural political stuff that's happening where I just want less of everything. Mm-hmm. And so when I go to do those things, mm. the things that used to relieve my anxiety, they cause more. <laughs> so now I've been going doing watching things where it's like slow and easy and low-key and like far away so like the japanese tv show that we watched last night together let's talk about it fucking hooray okay you'll hear it georgia busted out a show last night i had no idea you didn't know let's let's, yeah we'll talk about it we'll save it okay so anyway i love that people constantly suggest uh cases to us like have you covered this why haven't you covered this Mm -hmm. and it's funny because i you know it's there's too many questions to answer on twitter but sometimes the answer is we did it in a live show. You just haven't heard it yet. Right. Or it hasn't been posted yet. Or we can't post it for whatever reason. Or like, d- like for example, I read the research of Danny Rawling that Stephen put together for me when we went to Florida. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing a live show and you have consist, you have a 30 minute story of people going, oh, yeah, and it's like, it's, it's like not as fun for us. And that's in, in the not even just the live show, but in the actual recording too. like, it's really hard to do sh- stories like what I just did, or like the eyeball killer or like any kind of fucking child murder. You're like, why don't you do this one? It's like, because we don't want to fucking talk about it. Yeah. And there's no way to do it. Like that was the cleanest I could have done it without talking about his fucking past and getting really descriptive about the mutilation. Yeah, we still we still have to do it so that we walk away here right. not bummed out. Yeah. You know, as much as anybody else. So yeah. it, which is fine. fine. This is Great. like it's a version of how to talk about true Which crime. is why we love when people are like, have you done this one? I have so many screen grabbed and saved that people having suggested things like I've never fucking heard of that one before. Same. And 
I am always looking for, I just like the weirdness. So even like, especially lately, I've been like, has anyone ever been killed by a random cyclone? I'm doing stuff like that (laughs) where I'm like, you're making this way too hard for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this one came up the other day because there was this article uh, in the Washington Post a bunch of people sent to us. Um, So I would like to thank listeners Natalia and Amanda and the first one. Uh, to have posted this article and say, hey, what about this? Have you ever heard of this theory? I love that you're giving fucking first person credit. This first, is great. First is like, come on. First is the best. First is first. Fruity Troll Roll got this to us first. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. For, good old Fruity Troll Roll. I was like, FTR. F- FTR. Oh, yeah, you know. Um, I was like, can you please find, because I really want to give credit. This, yeah. is, this is something that came to me. And uh, and sometimes I rely so heavily on those mm. suggestions. Amen. And Fruity Troll Roll was like, hey, do you guys? And I was like, thank you. So this is the story. Mm. I get so excited. Karen just wants... Karen just one second in me and now I'm like on the edge of my fucking <laughs> couch. I just want to double my article couch. Check. <laughs> Wait. Uh oh. Karen has a pen in her mouth, which absolutely <laughs> disgusts me. Don't ever put your pen and pencils in your mouth, oh. people. It's just germ city. It's like licking a fucking doorknob, especially in this house. You've seen my cat sit butthole first on a pen, Karen. God damn it, Georgia. Like, that thing was in out. my mouth. <laughs> also, this. I don't know why I'm filling filling the silence when we could really just have Sue and cut it out. That's right. It's because I had. A I like it. It's like I've fall. I've somehow yeah, yeah. fallen, and you have to cover. And I'm covering with a couple glasses of wine that I've had, and I'm just gonna fill the time. Elvis, how do you feel about it? Great. Thank Ugh. you, Pretty Troll Roll, for sending the story of the Lady of the Dunes. Have you oh, heard this one? Shit. Yes, but I but I don't. Yes. Okay. This is um, a cold case from 1974. And oh, oh, I know. Yes. Do you know? Yes. And did you read this article? Yeah, it but was, I was like, I've heard this before. Like, I didn't, like, pay attention to it. Okay. So great. So this was just in the Washington Post, and um, which is why it's kind of come back around. And uh, in this article, and uh, sorry, it was, um, the article was written by a guy named Isaac Stanley Becker for the Washington Post. And it's really, it's, it's so fascinating, and it's cool, and it's about somebody but then it's also about this cold case and mm-hmm. um and there's a movie involved which of course I you know I love so it was all very interesting but uh it's very pop culture it is and kind of timely it crosses lots of interest lines mm-hmm. or makes a lot of connections um but also there's a book written by a writer named Deborah Halber um she wrote it in 19 uh, in <laughs> 2014 called The Skeleton Crew um which mm. is about um online sleuths solving crimes fucking fun and so they refer to this cold case um as the whole the holy grail of a case to be solved um so i think that's why it comes up a lot and i also think it comes up a lot because uh the police in this area in uh provincetown massachusetts kind of haven't let it go they just keep yeah. they just keep bringing it back to the news like it seems it's like, like the every one 10 that years. they really want to solve and can't but it's also got a really cool name that's like creepy the lady in the dunes that's like so that's like the talmud shoed kind of case where it's like that sounds what is that it's intriguing that's right also i just said the lady in the dunes which is what i wrote in this mm-hmm. document it's the lady of the dunes i keep saying as if it's the lady in the water mm. the m night Shyamalan film mm-hmm. that i don't think that many people saw um, it's the lady of the dunes. Okay. So essentially here's how it goes. Um, 
On Friday, July 26, 1974, a 13-year-old girl is walking her beagle along the Race Point Dunes in Provincetown, and her parents are there. They're visiting their friend who lives in one of what they called the artist studio, or it was an artist studio. They were called the Dune Shacks. So they were these, um, these old shacks that basically people went and lived in and kind of refurbished. And it was like, because it was away from everything and like, everything's like, like, like sea salt worn and shit. Exactly. I'm thinking of, um, the Lost Boys right now. Like, you know, like <laughs> yep. that kind of, when they That's right. pull into town and shit. That's Santa Cruz, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Well, then I'm thinking of the wrong city. <laughs> We're thinking of the wrong coast, but it's that feel because it's beachy, but it's very remote. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so she's walking her dog, right? Cause her parents are back. It's 1974. It's an artist shack. Yeah. So, you know, she's like, bye. I'm, I'm going to walk around the dunes. And when she gets to, um, this basically a patch of pine trees, her dog smells something, mm. runs off. Beagles. They're good at those that. fucking beagles. And, um, she finds in a clearing, uh, the body of a woman who's lying face down on a green beach blanket naked. And the woman has been there long enough and she's in the state of decomposition that she's kind of a bluish green color. So of course the little girl runs back to her parents and they call the park ranger station and head ranger Jim Hankins is the first person to arrive on the scene. So he finds, um, the body of this woman. She's five, six. She's, Somewhere between the ages of 20 and 49. They can't really tell though, cause she has so much, um, damage and decomposition around her face and head. Oh my God. Um, uh, she has an athletic build. She has long auburn hair and it's tied back in a ponytail with a gold flecked hairband and her toenails are painted pink <sighs> and her hands are, uh, they look like they're dug into the sand like she was doing a push-up yeah like but, trying to get up kind yeah of, yeah but actually when he looks closer her hands have been removed <gasps> oh my god isn't it insane that someone could lay there that long without being detected yeah. they think it was between it could have between been between one to three weeks Holy that she was shit. laying there so that's kind of how remote this yeah. area is yeah and at the time what the park rangers were trying to figure out is like they knew who drove in and out of that park right because you had to go by the park ranger station sure. and that's the old sign up here and we like drive your license and they know everything yeah, yeah so they don't know who she is she didn't have a car they don't know how she got to such a remote location it's also so creepy that she's on a beach like she's not no one like tried to hide her it's like the place where she last it's almost like she lay down on this beach blanket and died but right but no yeah and because she's so basically because she's naked yeah um and there's no overt sign of assault or struggle um they are thinking that she could have been she was laying in this patch and it was she went into the patch of trees so that nobody could see her from the right. beach um because this is like in the dunes area so it's away yeah. from the water and she went to basically not have tan lines sure. so she's nude sunbathing maybe falls asleep in the sun and that's when some she gets hit in the head <laughs> blunt force trauma that cracks her skull and that was the cause of death um the angle when they do the autopsy or figure out the angles, they realize the person who hit her was probably laying next to her. What? 
hits. Yes, because that's the angle of the blow. Hit her while they were laying next to her? Right. So either she knew the person, and that's why there's no struggle, and she was asleep or just laying there calmly. Sure. Or she was asleep and the person came and like laid down. I mean, like they, it's just like you can run 17 scenarios. She didn't jump up in fear in any way. So, yeah. She either was asleep or she knew the person is is the theory. Right. Or wasn't threatened in some way by this person. Right. And the, and the reason that they are, um, they're, uh, they don't believe and there's not evidence of a sexual assault, um, because she's, uh, yes, she's nude, but her her um, jeans are folded up underneath her head. Okay, and so it, God, I've like laid out in that position in that scenario and that with a pillow, right? Naked, and, and her um, the towel she's laying on is not disturbed. Right, the sand around her is yeah. not disturbed, which is very strange. It's so strange. Um, so the, all of that is you know that's that takes a while for them to put all that together, but. Um, Basically, once uh, Head Ranger Jim Hankins basically sees what's on his, you know, what they have there, he calls police police chief Jimmy Meads at home. Yeah. And um, so when the police further investigate, they uh, find that um, she had uh, dental work that they... They classify it as New York style huh. um, because it costs between five and ten thousand dollars. So that she had time. what year was it again? Seventy four. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And she had seven gold crowns. Holy shit! So there, it's the idea that this is not a you know in their minds. Yeah, it's not a runaway. She hasn't been living on the street. This is a person who has been taken care of, who's had yeah. a good life or at least access to good dental care. Which yeah, that means you're not probably not in a rural setting. Yeah, or like, yeah, the best insurance or whatever. It's just, it's a... Oh my God. You know, it's not someone who's like, I've been drug addict living off the street and I'm trying to sleep in the dune. Sure, They're like, there's this is something else. Um, uh, Some of her teeth have been removed. um, And they don't know when and they, you know... Like not, they don't know if it's prior or... Didn't specify. But I mean, I think it was, I think it was... Um, they believe in the act, yeah. like her teeth were removed, because later on they suspect Whitey Bulger. <gasps> Bulger, uh, he they actually question him. Keep going. Okay, keep going. This is okay. I'm so I I only know the basics of this, and I'm so fucking deep into this and sad. It's very cool, but also I will say this: I um, there's I'm sure so much more online because so many people have done the internet work about this. Right. So if, if you want the deep dive to know all these details, and I would highly recommend um, that it, you know, first of all, this, I already bought and started Deborah Halbert's book, the skeleton crew. Happening. And it's great. I'm doing it immediately. It's great. Okay. Um, but also this is just, this is something that, you know, it's one of those things that if I right now went online and then saw where people are like, uh, the Whitey Bulger theory is so immature uh-huh. or whatever, where I'm always like, afterwards, I always go like, why don't I check Reddit first? They know everything. <laughs> Reddit knows everything. They know everything. I know. Um, so, let me get back to my paragraph. Go ahead. <laughs> Do it then. I'm going to wait here and just talk until you find it. They find two sets of footprints leading <gasps> to her body as one jesus <laughs> that's terrible that is it's what we do and then 50 yards away there's a set of tire tracks 
but all the um park rangers all the vehicles were accounted for yeah so uh that doesn't like that never helps anybody but what um, if it's one of the park rangers i mean could be that's reddit they're like, God damn it, Georgia. They're like, we already fucking, we, we did already, that already twice. Uh, we we did it in 1997. Okay. <laughs> they think her body could have been there for up to three weeks. Um, but because they're at the dunes, so there's lots of insects, the decomposition yeah. makes, it makes it hard. And she's laying in the sun. Yeah. She's laying in a patch where it's, right. and there's lots of grass around her. Also, the picture. Of the um, photo? Mm-hmm. There's pictures. Actually, do you mind um, just clicking on that article so that I can show Georgia? There's Look, a I'm going to do it at some point tonight, whether it's when you guys are here or when you're gone and I can't sleep. Stop confronting me about your picture. No, what I'm saying is I'm a monster. Just show it to me now. <laughs> okay. But, but, um, don't look, st- but Stephen, don't look at it. I should just not let make Stephen look at this. Uh, I want Stephen to let's see. sue us for <laughs> traumatic stress <laughs> at will. some point. Um, no, it's a Washington Post oh, article. So essentially, her face and head are unidentifiable, um, because of, uh, because of the wound, because of the decomposition. Mm -hmm. Even though the head trauma, because her skull was cracked, Mm -hmm. that's, was determined to be the cause of death. She's also strangled so (gasps) severely that she was almost decapitated. Which was also a, a Whitey Bulger thing of, uh, you know, garroting people, I think. I don't really know anything about Whitey Bulger. Ger, ger. Bulger, I Bulger? think. Ger? Every time I say it, I think I should be saying yeah, the other yeah. one. But whatever. I don't know anything about he's it. He's a hitman. I, I know he's a hitman, but I didn't know, like... Oh, then you do know something about him. <laughs> okay, hold on. You got me back for earlier. <laughs> yeah. That sounded Did like Did you a feel the sting of it? Third grader. And it hurt. <laughs> and it really hurt. It brought me back to third grade. I need to fucking write a new chapter for the book about the third grade. Good. That'll be for the, uh, that's bonus content. Yeah. Oh, I see it. It's like a far away. Yep. You can't really tell. You can't really see, but you can like yeah. see that. Oh, I see her foot. I see that there's something. Oh, poor baby. The only clothes that were found there were a blue bandana and that pair of jeans that were folded under her head. So, uh, the, she also had a hamburger and french fries in her stomach, huh. which meant that she had been in town recently because mm-hmm. she hadn't uh, metabolized those yet. Um, so there's nowhere to get any of that stuff where yeah. she was. Um, so of course they begin searching and questioning as many people as they can. And they, um, look through missing person reports, um, and the list of vehicles that were in the entire area at the time, they're getting nothing back. Um, uh, then when the police chief first sees the scene, the first person he thinks of is they had just had, um, uh, he had just prosecuted and sent to jail a serial killer <gasps> named Tony Costa. Um, and for a second, he thinks this could be his work. And then, but that would be impossible because Tony Costa had hung himself in jail two months before. Whoa. But it would, it had been right before. Crazy. Um, Bummer. There was another lead that they had, which I think is interesting. It was an escaped female prisoner named Rory Kessinger huh. and who was around 25 at the time. And, uh, she had disappeared. And so they were like, maybe it's, why don't we know more about this woman? I know. I mean, you can Google it. I'm sure there's plenty to know. And Reddit's like, we'll fucking tell you. (laughs) Um, but when they went and took DNA from Kessinger's mother, obviously later on when DNA was Mm -hmm. modern and developed, it wasn't a match. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So then there's the Whitey Bulger theory, um, because he removed his victim's teeth, so you couldn't identify them as easily. Right. Um, and hands. And hands. So no fingerprints. But I don't know if that was his thing. Right. Um, he had also been seen with a woman resembling the victim around the same time. What? Wait, that's where he was, like, located and shit? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, I think he was Boston. Everyone okay. can now go watch the Johnny Depp movie. Um, about him okay and then learn everything. i don't like johnny depp and i refuse to watch his movies i just don't like hit men <laughs> i just don't i don't like men who hit no of any kind yeah. so the police question um him but they they can't ever link him to anything there's no evidence right. linking him except for the mo yeah then there's a serial killer named haddon clark who i've never heard of Mm-mm. um he was also a paranoid schizophrenic and he was in jail at the time um, he tells an inmate, quote, uh, I could have given the cops her name because I killed her, but not after they beat the shit out of me. <laughs> so, uh, he also told the other inmate that what the cops were looking for was buried in his grandfather's garden. <gasps> and then finally, he sent a letter to his friend from jail saying he killed a woman in Cape Cod. And then he did drawings of a handless woman. <gasps> On her stomach, naked. He did and, it. And along with a map where her body was found. He did it. I think it's him. Um, he also led police where he claimed to have buried two women 20 years ago. <gasps> but none of these clues or leads or anything lead to actual evidence. Who is he? Mm-hmm. I want to know this. Haddon Clark. I've never heard of him. And... Didn't have time to do a separate book report on him. So that's for, that's a future thing that's for you. Another, okay, great. But basically with all these leads, this case goes cold. So the police end up over time exhuming her body twice. So in 1980, Aww. basically the case goes cold for six years. Then in 1980, authorities exhume her body. Um, so that they can test it for more leads. They're like, we just, we have to do something. Then they, they rebury the body, but they <sighs> keep the skull because they know that the, there's evidence there yeah. they, that maybe they just don't know it now. Oh, that's so awful. I know. And eventually the police chief, James Meads, he puts the skull on his desk and won't, and leaves it there. What? Because he says he vows to find the name of this woman that the lady of the dunes will be identified before he retires. So then again, they exhume her in 2000 to now because DNA developments. And so they gather more DNA that, uh, um, for testing that they didn't have in 1980. In 2010, the forensic reconstruction of the Lady of the Dunes face appears in the Boston Globe. And that's when Deborah Halber, the author of The Skeleton Crew, she sees it in the Globe and it inspires her to write a book about all these unsolved cases that people are working on on the Internet. And that's <clears throat> that's basically what got her. Uh, the full name of the book, sorry, is The Skeleton Crew, How Amateur Sleuths Are Solving America's Coldest Cases. Amazing. Very cool. Um, so... So this is the modern layer okay. that's fun and exciting and weird. Okay. That made me go crazy. Okay. Um, in 2015, there's a writer named Joe Hill, and he's watching uh, an episode of Haunting Evidence. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, 
the episode was from 2006. It was season one, episode six. Mm-hmm. He's watching it. They, and they bring up the lady on, of the dunes. Um, they show that reconstruct, the facial reconstruction of her. Mm-hmm. And they show, and they describe the clothes, um, that were found with her, the jeans and the, the blue bandana. Um, that she wore around her head. The blue bandana, yes. Like a it was, kerchief. Exactly. We call it a shmata in Yiddish. That's, that's yeah. right. Um, so, basically, he watches that and is fascinated mm-hmm, by it. Mm-hmm. And then soon after, he goes to the 50th anniversary um, screening of Jaws. It's his favorite movie. And he takes his three sons to go see it. <gasps> and... As they're watching, it's 54 minutes and two seconds into the movie. You know the part where they reopen the beach so everyone can go to the beach for the 4th of July? Mm -hmm. So they have all these big crowd scenes of people going to the beach. Wait, is that filmed in Cape Cod? Yes. It's filmed like right there. It was was filmed 100 miles. It was filmed in two different beach locations Uh 100 miles from where her body was found. Okay. But basically in the same, you know state general area okay but not right there okay but nearby and when he's watching he spots this woman in the crowd i've seen this oh my god she has a blue schmata kerchief on her head long auburn hair long brown hair loose white t-shirt blue jeans she looks mid-20s just like a random woman in the background. Athle- athletic build, probably five six. Yeah. Um, and when you see her, the the woman in this picture's nose is a bit bigger than the one in the facial reconstruction. It's creepy, but it's he basically spotted it, and then he w- talks about in this article. Thank you in the Boston mm-hmm. in the Washington Post article. He talks about how there's no rewind when you're at the movies. Right. There's no pausing at the movies. So then he was just like g- g- freaking yeah. out and going, could it be? And he says he knows it's because he's a writer and he writes like ghost stories and creepy stories. Yeah. So he's like, of course, my brain wants yeah, yeah. to fill that in and wants to make that connection. But what if, what if, mm-hmm. what if? Um, and so then he goes home. And so wait, it, the Jaws and that scene and everything was filmed like right before she got murdered or like she was found. That's right. So um, they were filming Jaws in 1974 uh-huh. in that area. Uh-huh. Um, if I knew more about Cape Cod, I would be able to t- explain sure. it, but I kind of can't. But it's basically the explanation is within 100 miles. Yeah. Which I realize That's is, a lot of is miles. wide, except they had to get people. So those right. crowd scenes, they had to get a shit fucking ton of people yeah. to show up because they it had to be the thing of look at all these people right. here. So it was hundreds and, and hundreds small, of extras. Small town. But that's also a that's also a typical outfit for the mid 70s too. Right. And the hair and the you know it's not that out of character for a woman to be wearing that at the beach. No, no, no. But I think it's just him seeing, it's basically the story that gets looped mm-hmm. in his mind that is very, it's just like the kind of lead where you go, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Is because if she, everybody knew that Spielberg was making a movie on right. the Cape that summer. Right. Everyone nearby knew it. Yeah. And everybody knew that they needed people for crowd scenes. Like that was, they said that that was the thing that like went all around everywhere. So, so it wasn't like if it was like, OK, we live here, but up in Bakersfield, they're making a movie sure. and we might be able to be in it. Let's drive up there. Like 
and maybe let's hitchhike up there because yeah. it's 1974. Yeah. And maybe I'm rich and I live in this town with my parents, but I want to go up there and take my gold fillings up and fucking have a weekend. Well, that makes sense. And then it makes sense too if whoever she is, uh, her parents had passed away and she was just like on her own because someone would have connected her with a missing person by now. You know what I mean? Yes. So that makes me think that like there weren't a lot of people who knew her or she ha- was escaping a fucking, you know, a mess and no one uh, reported her missing because they didn't think she was. They thought she just fucking skipped town. Someone's now, this is making me think of the sister. teacher's pet podcast right. where uh, a woman who had a fu- tons of family friends, a brother who was a cop. Yeah. And the exact same fucking thing happened and because nobody. it was back in the day and people kept going, I thought they were going to take care yeah. of it. I thought the police were taking care right. of it. And if you have one person giving a cover story, she's not here because she went to Europe because yeah. she finally wants she to be a, a painter cult or something. She told us to say fuck you and everyone goes, oh, that's awful. Yeah. And then this is what and a- no actually ended up it. happening. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I mean, it's just something but i i think it's kind of an interesting thing of um the that they shot that scene in july no, of 1974 yeah and her body is found at the end of july of 1974 wait okay i don't think i realized it was that close yes and they've never been able to fucking find if this extra woman was like oh no that was me i'm alive what's up no because the casting director and i don't know if it's the casting director of jaws or if they had hired an extras casting director yeah um could be a different person but whoever that person what would be that would have known any names or i guess i I mean mean, how would you know you don't get names names you get release forms yeah i've been an extra and they give zero to none shit about you yeah but even that person died in 2009 yeah so any they they can't figure out the way to trace <sighs> hundreds of people that way. Dude. Hundreds of potentially locals. Yeah. And it's like a thing that a ton of people did. Oh my God. Um, but he still goes in and pulls the thing and talks about his theory and brings it to the police. And they're like, we've heard this theory. Yes. You know, like, thank you. Mm-hmm. And they're, he said they're receptive, but it didn't, it didn't thrill them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something they hadn't heard before. Sure. And, and no link is found but here is the quote from joe hill in the washington in the washington post article that i liked two astonishing things happened on cape cod in the summer of 1974 one is that steven spielberg filmed jaws and the other is that someone murdered this woman in the dunes outside provincetown and got away with it anything that stirs people's memories could potentially be productive and this is still an unsolved cold case and joe hill now has a podcast called Inside Jaws. And that's how this story, I think, got brought to light. Wow. Is because he loves that movie so much. And then the thing I will say now at the very end, because in every article, it's what they start with. But Joe Hill is his pen name. And he actually is Stephen King's son. <gasps> dun, yeah. dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's the Lady of the Dunes. Dude. The cold case that everyone's still working on and uh, hopefully will get solved someday soon. Steven, solve it. That's bananas. I know, right? Oh, my God. God. I know. What if it gets solved soon? Also, let's just... I love that movie, Jaws, so much. Yeah, it's the best. It's truly a perfect movie. Yeah, it is. It's a perfectly perfectly done movie and the idea that it was steven spielberg's like basically like aside from duel 
it was his first big like blockbuster is crazy and that now it could be possibly tied to a fucking cold case murder of a woman it's, that's like but that's also, the creepiest thing I've ever heard. That's, it's so, cre- you know what yeah. it's like? It's like the guy in The Exorcist that was the x-ray yes. technician that was a serial killer. Yes. It's that thing. I love that so much where there, some things, you know, it's not common at all that it's a movie, but there are things where like people get captured on film because, and it, back then it did happen sometimes. It's much more common today. Yeah. But like back then, it happened but it's just also those weird backstories of like in like the wizard of oz you can see the legs of someone who hanged themselves from a tree or like in three men and you a know baby that was a stork right yeah i know it. that was yeah and then the three men and a baby you can see a ghost in the background from a person who killed themselves which is like none of it's true it's all explained away but it just like adds this level of like um like lure uh this like lore to yes. this you know and it's just as fun at least for me Obviously, the way I just said that to you, because it clearly it's the third grade episode, but (laughs) (laughs) at least for smart people like me, is that what you meant? At least for people that read half an article like me, but it's just as fun to get caught up in the in the lore. Yeah. And then debunk the lore. Yeah. You get to be all the people. You get to be the innocent fool. Because there's no answer. And then, yeah. And then you get to read the article that says that was actually a cardboard cutout of a little boy that they hid behind the curtain thinking, get rid of this. And then everybody thinks it's a ghost. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is just as fun as there's a ghost to me. Totally. Um, Because what if we're all wrong? Yeah. And we end up And what if cardboard cutouts are ghosts? What if ghosts are cardboard cutouts? What? Yeah. But Every time it's just somebody floating a cardboard cutout by you. It's a you. ghost with a cardboard cutout. Paranormal cardboard cutout experiences. <laughs> My new series. Someone please make the fu- our new series. Someone, I'm, I'm EP. Oh, that's right. We just think of an idea and I'm like, well, did you hear about my new series? <laughs> Someone please make. Of your idea. <laughs> yeah. Someone please make the fucking um, like logo up, like on the, you know. It's already done. You I don't know. have to finish I know. The I know. It's That's Wednesday night, and by tomorrow morning, it's done. Again, thank you, Fruity Troll Roll, <laughs> for being a part of our lives. Oh, that was that was a wild ride. I, I, I mean, I feel like this could have also been... It was a shorty for me, but this could have been 12 pages long uh-huh. with all of the players. So much to learn and grow from in these... Mm. Who truly who is the next eight episodes are going to be based off of this story. Who is Haddon Clark? Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger. Then also Bulger is that like cracked wheat that they yeah. serve. Bulger. Whitey Bulger. Bulger like Ray Bulger who played the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> I could while away the we're, hours. We're going crazy. Sorry, Elvis. He's pissed. All right. Do you have a, a fucking hooray for this week? Okay, listen. Hanging say, out. Say it from hanging this- out with you last night with cheese. Oh, we like hung out like normal people. You started that with the same tone as I don't have one. Forget it. <laughs> you just reached and out to me. And what if I broke your fucking finger? <laughs> you can't, out <laughs> of like, love. I can't handle like sincerity so much that I can give you a compliment. I have to break your fucking finger. Talk about it more. Talk about it last okay, night. Okay. So I text Karen and I was like, we have like, we have so much fucking work to do. There's another announcement coming in the next couple weeks. Uh, we have so much work to and do. And it's big. And like we, and it's like, there, uh, we have emails to answer. It's more than we could just do over text. Like, do you want to come over? And then I also wrote, 
or do you just want to come over and watch the new uh, Golden State Killer documentary and get and I'll drink? <laughs> because that's I, no, we're not complaining. Obviously, yeah. so much gratitude oh my God. to the Lord and Jesus and Yahweh. Tripping upwards during a montage is our life that's right it. now. But to the point where we can't watch the Golden State Killer, the new episode, Paul Holes. Central, Centric. because we're that busy. That's just to give you s- yeah. scope and space. So feel bad for us. Uh, <laughs> we don't even have children. Okay. So I was like, let's do all this work being like a boring fucking matronly, like we have to work or just fucking come over. Let's hang out. Vince went, uh, was that another? <laughs> Vince was at a baseball game last night again. And he texted me. Uh, he posted about it on Instagram and then was like, why do your fans keep asking me if I have a hot dog in my pocket for you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll explain when you get home. In person, in real life? What do you mean? No, or no, no. On, on, his, on, on uh, his photo that he posted, they were like, did you put a hot dog in your pocket for Georgia? And he's like, what the fuck are you? Because he doesn't listen and I don't tell him. And then I was like, I swear, it sounds sexual, but it was not a sexual joke. It's not even a joke, I really. Mean, it's just talking. Yeah. So much so talking. Karen fucking booked it to Gelson's and like got a charcuterie and cheese spread that was like next level and just kept pulling shit out of the bag and oh I have a photo I'll post the photo I'll give Stephen the photo to post on the new uh, on Instagram and was there uh, was there pear gel spread yes there was was there fig spread was there grapes fresh fucking grapes were there parmesan crisps oh those were incredible yeah we and we just sat and like we watched 20 minutes of the Golden State Killer documentary what's it called wonderful it's really good Golden State Killer next step with Paul Holes. Is that what it is? Here's the thing. Maybe the reason we couldn't watch it, we couldn't continue watching it is because they showed two early photos of Paul Holes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. I need a I need a warning before you show me 90s Paul Holes. So it was Golden State Killer, main suspect on Oxygen. It's great. I can't wait to finish it. We it's, didn't it's finish really it. It's really great, yeah. Because we were just talking and talking. And then I and then I remembered something. My friend Crystal Langham is this like fucking amazing girl i'm just a big fan of hers she uh she had told me the other night before about some japanese it was like it's a japanese version of um the real world the real world but everyone's so polite to each other mm-hmm. and there's no drama and i was like let's watch it so we started watching <sighs> and got four episodes in and suddenly it was like one o'clock and vince was home in the morning and vince was home from the game with hot dogs in his pocket <laughs> it's called uh terrace house terrace house and it's so the pace of it Everything about it is so soothing and so calming. And also, like, at first, we were like, wait, is this boring? Do we want to watch mm-hmm. it? And then suddenly I'm like, next one, next one. And it's a little, like, problematic in the man versus woman. And, like, they're, they're like, exploring uh, gender issues in Japan and, and, like, you know, what you're supposed to be doing with your life by 20 fucking three or whatever. Yes. But it's really subtle and really polite. And there's a lot of food shots, which I appreciate. It's also really awkward because they clearly have nothing to talk about because nobody is scandalous. Like a couple, a man and a woman went for a run and they were like, you know, that's the scandal. Yes. That they went for a run together. But, but still, I find the most fat, like the most magnetic, fascinating thing that I want to watch mm-hmm. in the world is the moment where two people who might like each other are trying to make small talk. Oh, Jesus. Even when, even in this show where they were not being exploitive, they were not being like dirty or raunchy Mm-mm, at all. Never. It's just that moment where like, 
everyone else gets up and goes, well, we're going to bed yeah. because we're not just going to sit here watching the two of you try to make small talk right. around us. And the producers are like, leave them alone. Leave them alone. But you can't, but they won't leave them alone in like a closed room. Like no one is <laughs> no. alone together in any like compromising situations. No, you have to be alone with these really large sectional couches. Yeah. But, and also there's always this thing, you know, someone likes someone else or when they're t- not talking to each other, someone has to do a weird arm stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird physical stretching while making small talk and where like to fill silence or show someone like, a photo on their phone like really close to their face yeah so they ha- you have to lean in yeah it's, it's just, awkward as I fuck. love it. It, it that kind of shit I'm like well does the baseball player like the yeah the model, that, the model or the other girl right. but it was really fun watching with you you got to see the side of me that screams at the TV <laughs> you laugh through half of it half the shit I said which I appreciate <laughs> other stuff I was like oh stupid no there was we were well, I have to say, sorry, but on both of those shows, we were riffing. Oh. But see, if we'd recorded it, it w- we no. wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have worked. We no. were crying, laughing yeah. at some points. It was really fucking funny. But also, it was just like, we rarely get to just have, have fun, fun and snacks. Have fun. And that was part of it is last night. We, it was the celebration of... um the book announced it was like the celebration of like we have actually hit a milestone of yeah. being done with some and we stuff. We finally got to tell people about it. Yeah, and so it was. It was, it was really fun. Thank yeah. you for making that your fucking. Yeah, hooray. thanks for coming. Um, Mine is the show, the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the channel. No. There's, I was going to do this, but I mean, that it, that was mine too. It was, no, it, I no, found it so it relaxing. No, you get, you get to have it. No, all it's okay own. if it's not. I mean, whatever. <laughs> and now we're in a fight. Now we're in seventh grade. I was just going to say mine ha- that had been written before. It's fine. I had nothing. So I- it's just these two really good shows. Okay, great. And one of them is on, I think my DVR is recording it right now. <gasps> so let's fucking wrap this up. <laughs> it's the second season of Jessica Beale executive producing yes. The Sinner. And I tell you, when I tell you, so my friend Molly, um, who's East Coast, and so she watches things first and then lets me know if I should watch them, yes. which, I, which is one of the greatest. If you can set that up Don't in your life. Don't waste your time. It's the have best. Have your East Coast friend tell you. And here's the, we all know that when you have first season, like the first season of The Sinner, yeah, where I couldn't stop watching yeah. it. And Jessica Beale was so good in it. And she was nominated for an Emmy and God bless. Um, so exciting. Well, but then, now she's the EP. And I love that they just like, it's the same show with the same detective, but Jessica Beale, it's like a new story. It's a new story. And it's, so first of all, hooray for Bill Pullman. He's had a Ugh. 40 year career. He's so great. Bless his heart. So great to watch. So real to watch. But that was Elvis sneezing. By this story, because I was like, they can't do what they did last time. Mm-mm. What they did last time was so special and mm-hmm. different and creepy and had me so uncomfortable. From the second it starts, I don't know if it's the directing, whatever they're doing. It's so great. So Carrie, anyway, Co- Carrie Coons is there. Carrie Whenever Coons Carrie Coons comes is in. on the show, it's going to be weird and fucking creepy and like and like slow moving in a beautiful fucking way. And then she's there, and you're just like, oh, is this a cult thing? Yes, and I love Carrie Coons. So she's so good. When she shows up, it's going to get fun. And again, a, a little a creepy little kid is always mm-hmm. you have you take all my money. A creepy little kid who looks younger than he is. He's 13, but he looks like an eight year old. Yes, and it's like, oh, then you're okay. Whatever. Yeah, it's great. it's just great. So. 
please watch The Sinner. And if you haven't seen season one, watch season one and then watch season two. But also The Tunnel, which okay. is this British show. They just did the third and final season. And it has a French actress named Clementine Posey, I believe. I hope that's her first name. It's a great name. If not. And then a British actor who I love so much named Stephen... Stephen. Stephen Ray Morris. Okay. Stephen, will you please find... Stephen Calhoun, I think. I mean, he's going to correct me. But anyway, there's three seasons. They're all great. Each one better than the last. Okay. It's just real good. It's on channel, it was on public TV here. It's Clements Posey and Stephen Delane. So close. <laughs> so close. So close. That's like the time that I called Dan White the man who murdered Harvey Milk in San Francisco. Uh, I called him Dan Brown, who is the author of The Da Vinci Code. (laughs) Listen, Jack White and Jack Black, I will never get those two fuckers straight. I just can't. I will. I'm too dyslexic. (laughs) Color. um, Yeah. All right. Great. That's it. Um... You guys, we'll see you in yoga class this week. I mean, right? Thank you guys for listening and fucking supporting us and being so fucking cool and on our side. And we can't wait for you to read this book because, you know. Yeah, we're yeah. we're scared, excited. Uh, thanks for, thanks. Uh, stay sexy. <laughs> I thought I'd add, I'm done. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? Oh. Want a cookie? <laughs> Good boy. <laughs>